0: So at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show. But while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might've missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. But before we dive into our featured episode for today, there is something super exciting that I wanna tell you about. So there's a little bit of a backstory to this and here's what it is. So there's nothing I love more than a girl's trip. Friendship plus travel, is there anything better? Nothing leaves me feeling more inspired, more rested, or more like my very best self than an adventure with my best girls. It's truly my favorite form of self-care. I was meeting up with my best friends at a lake in Minnesota this last summer when we decided that we needed matching girls trip shirts. Wanted? No. Needed? Absolutely. The problem was we couldn't find anything we liked. We couldn't find anything that was our style, first of all. And then many of the shirts we did find had phrases we just really didn't resonate with. We ended up buying shirts that none of us were particularly excited about, but that worked for a photo or two. And it was while I was on that girls trip, wearing that T-shirt, that an idea came to me. They say that if you can't find the thing you're looking for, maybe you should make it. And so that's what I did. You guys, I am so proud of this and I've had so much fun working on it. And now I'm so excited to get to share this little passion project with you. So without any further ado, officially introducing the Girls Trip gift shop. In the shop, we have super fun Girls Trip shirts, sweatshirts, beach towels, and more to match both your friends and your style. Whether you're dusting off your passport, planning a weekend away, or a staycation at home, these t-shirts and sweatshirts make for the perfect accessory and souvenir. They also make for truly incredible girls trip photos. We made sure of it. To check out this brand new shop and to see all the designs that we've been working so hard on for months, just go to girlstripgiftshop.com. Again, that's girls girlstripgiftshop.com. And for a limited time, if you use the promo code Night at checkout, it'll give you 10% off your order. Again, that's girlstripgiftshop.com, and the promo code for 10% off your first order is Girls Night. Friends, here's to more adventures with the people we love and to wearing really cute shirts along the way. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. Okay, friends, I am so excited for what we have for you today. I'm sitting in a room full of my very best friends like my favorite women ever we're here at my house and we'll tell you kind of why everyone's here and why they're here in Nashville cuz they don't normally live here which is really what this whole episode is all about but i'm so excited for you guys to get to meet them and i'm so excited for what we have to share today and because it's like i feel like we're living it right now yeah. like we're we're in the midst of it right now what we have to share today so i love that so you guys this is how we always kick off the podcast. I want to just have you guys introduce yourselves, say who you are, what you do, and then we're going to do... At the end, we're going to do a fun fact about each other. And um, we're going to do a little like round-robin thing. So, Suze, do you want to start? Tell us who you are, what you do, and that's all for now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm Susie, and... Currently a flight attendant, which is crazy because it's been a dream job that y'all have like prayed with me for forever. But that's so true. Background, kind of more creative design stuff. So it's totally a, sh- a shifter. And right now in Minneapolis, did you tell me to stay where I live? I don't know. No, but you should. Yeah. Because we're all kind of spread out and all yeah, we
0: are, which is fun. And that's it. Yeah. That's me. I love that. Um, we really have been praying for Susie to get mm-hmm. uh, this job forever because she's... Well, I'll say that in a second. Okay. Sorry, sorry. No fun facts yet, Stephanie. Um, Okay, so then, Miss Heather.
2: Uh, My name is Heather, and I'm a high school English teacher in Denver,
0: Colorado. Yeah, you are. Yeah. (laughs) That's my very brief introduction.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Emily. I'm Emily, and I live in Atlanta, and I have an Etsy
0: shop and sometimes make videos freelance. So good. (laughs) So good. And you guys might have heard. Emily before, because um, you have been on the podcast before, your episode was How to Make a Difference in the World. And I loved that episode. Um, and y'all get to hear all about her Etsy shop in that episode. She makes amazing painted globes. And I take full credit for her her job, yes, uh, her, for should. her business um, in that episode. <laughs> which is great. Um, and totally not deserved. Um, okay, so let's do a fun fact. So Susie, I'm going to start with you. So I'm going to do you. Um, so we were just talking about this, but Susie has... Like watching Susie talk is like the Susie show. Like she is... <laughs> hilarious she has fun words for everything she's like a ball of personality mm-hmm. and she just the it, like it's just so much fun to watch her so an example is we were just at a store and Susie's like not really a sports person and is like not <laughs> sorry about it um but so we're in a store and they, and they were telling us you should come to this event because this person's going to be there a truth, honest moment, she said this guy's name and I smiled and nodded like, oh, cool. I had not even one clue who it was. I was like, maybe it's like a country singer I've never heard of. But anyway, so Susie was like not shy at all. And she goes, I don't know who that is. And the woman was like, oh, an old Titans player. Like he was a, you know, Heisman Trophy winner. And Susie goes, oh, so like the sports. Okay. <laughs> and, I away. and I just feel like that's kind of Susie in a nutshell. She's all personality and all warmth and all funny and just has funny words for everything. And it's just my favorite. Mm-hmm. All right, Suze, next we're in a circle um, so, so we're kind of going around the circle so yeah. Susie? clockwise yes okay so my fun fact about heather
1: that i love so much is a she says things like a of all b <laughs> of all like she's like the grammar queen of the world as she teaches <laughs> the youth but then she says things like that that just get us all in stitches and also heather is for sure one of the most loyal friends you'll ever have and like I kind of call you like a trail mix in my brain because I'm like, she's salty and sweet. Like, that's, she's <laughs> so like a Sour true. Patch kid. And if you like hurt her people, she will cut you. <laughs> so you true. know what I mean? That Heather is, is that person that's like, don't mess with me or my people because yes. she loves them ferociously. And that's probably my favorite. I don't know if it's a fun fact, but it's just like a fact fact. Of I just life. got
0: goosebumps as you said that and everyone just got to hear susie So point <laughs> taken. Oh, one other thing I wanted to say about you, Susie, is that I love that you are chasing this dream and that you are a flight attendant because you are forever. You wrote a blog called Susie the Sojourner and that truly is your heart. So Susie wrote a blog called Susie, susie the Sojourner. might be coming back but I love that because you really do have just this heart for the entire world and this like deep need and desire to just see everything and experience everything you just live life to the full and I love that okay Heather
2: Emily has been one of my husband's friends since they were like in utero. And by that, I mean like eight. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Emily and I were set up on a friend date when my husband and I were dating. And um, I didn't know at the time that Emily would very quickly become like my encyclopedia to all political events ever. Uh, So um, my favorite thing, one of my favorite things about Emily is that I can text her day or night and be like, please explain the situation in... It's her country here. And she can break down in non-stupid terms everything that was going on in the world ever. Also, she did this really cool thing a couple of years ago when um, refugees were landing in Greece, where she just like got on a plane and went and stayed there for six weeks. Um, and I think she's super brave. So those are my favorite things about him.
0: I love that. Emily did talk about that in her episode. So if you guys haven't heard that story, yeah. you need to listen. Heard him. Yes.
3: Um, okay. I get to talk about Steph. And I feel like if you know Steph, you know that she is, like excitable, like she's just excited about everything, and Steph's like a celebrator. Like your your bio talks about, like every day is worthy of champagne. But I think my favorite thing about you is, if I had to like rank people in my life who I most want to surprise and or give a gift to, like top of the list is like you and my mom. It's so true. Like you two are the most likely to burst into tears, scream, and then be like the most grateful and think that the gift is the best and also the surprise is the best. Like. It's not even like cheesy. Like it really is the best thing you've ever had for that moment, and like you'll show up somewhere surprised, and she'll go, "God, <laughs> it's always God." And then she'll just start sobbing, but she's also like, I just love you, and I just want to hug you, and you're the best, and it's, like, the most endearing thing ever, and you just feel, like, crush that, like, yeah. my gift is awesome, I'm awesome, ever. friend gift-giver. is awesome, like, you feel so affirmed by your own, like, gift giving to Stephanie. Yeah, <laughs> <'Cause>, it's true. <real. laughs> which is how I started an Etsy shop, I gave her a gift, and she was like, this is the best gift ever, I'm like, I have skills, I can sell these, yeah, and she <laughs> can't. Only because Stephanie makes you feel so good about whatever you gave yeah.
0: her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicest thing. Just like that. Right there. That's. (laughs) (laughs) Guys. (laughs) Guys. Okay. Well, I'm so excited. One, I'm thrilled to have you guys here. And I feel like maybe. I can't think of a different way to dive into... I feel, I, I want to start there. I want to talk about why you guys are, are here. And then we can kind of back up and talk about how we became friends because it's mm-hmm. a really... Like, I love this story. I love our friendship. And I love the things we learned about friendship along the way. And so mm-hmm. I'm so excited to pass those on. And I talk about you guys a lot. And I talk about the friendship lessons we've learned. But it's so much better for everyone to get to hear them from you instead of <laughs> me being like, one time Susie invited us to do this thing. You can hear from Susie. Mm-hmm. So really quick, I want to talk about why you guys are here. And so kind of a... Uh, like backstory that i've talked about a little bit on the podcast and i think I, we need to do just a whole episode about it i'll talk about yeah. it more but i discovered this summer that i have a pretty sizable problem with anxiety and i think it's been happening for most of my life maybe i honestly i don't i don't know how long it goes back but i think that in a lot of ways i just sort of learned to cope with it i just kind of figured out, figured ways to get around it or to, like, I just thought it was pretty normal. And so I just, you know, tried to do my best with life and um, didn't realize that it was not supposed to be that way. But this summer, it started to like really increase and increase and increase. And I was in counseling and and because I'm a huge fan of the counseling. I know you guys are too. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows I am. and but and I think somehow we just sort of didn't notice. Like we were talking about specific things in life. We didn't see a whole picture of like, wow, this anxiety thread is really pretty thick. and and there was an element of depression, too, especially towards kind of the end of when I was really noticing this. It was like it sort of settled in in a way I hadn't experienced before. And so, this summer, I really was really struggling. And I and I remember texting you guys and telling you it had been going on for a while, but it, it became like undeniable to me and, and it became unmanageable for me. Um, and so I I do remember texting you guys and being like, I'm really hurting. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really not in a good spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of update on that. And again, we should do a whole different podcast on this. But I'm doing so much better. This <laughs> isn't the answer for everybody, but um, it really has been a huge thing for me. Like I said, I've been in counseling for a long time. I ended up going to a psychiatrist and getting on some anxiety meds, um, some depression um, depression meds, and it has been a game changer for me. Just because you know anxiety and depression are really thick in my family, like really genetic and and you know, I was trying everything I could to sort of rewire my brain by sleeping more or like thinking happy thoughts or something. Mm -hmm. And it just was bigger than that. And so I'm doing so much better, so much better, Mm -hmm. but it definitely was like, I mean, it's been a, it's been a really hard road. And so, and that's actually why you guys are here. And I feel like, I feel like Heather should probably talk about it because it sounds like she was the instigator for sure. She was.
2: Yeah. Stephanie has another dear friend, Michelle, who has always like, said something that resonated with me. She, she told Sammy before that she wants to be the kind of friend that goes. And when Steph texted us, my first thought was like, we need to be the friends that go. Um, and that sounds probably more heroic than I want it to like, this isn't, I don't think it was a heroic thing. I think it was just like the Lord just speaking and saying like, it's time to be there. And so I texted um, Emily and Susie and just said like, how do we make this happen? And, um, all of us have really unpredictable schedules and, uh, teaching i don't get a ton of time off and Susie has zero control over her schedule for like <laughs> hopefully not the rest of her life <laughs> um and we just like figured out a way to make it happen, and so that's why we're here. So it was supposed to be a surprise, but Carl Wilson sucks at surprises. Yeah, <laughs> like, <just> before, <laughs> Carl's not very special self- self- secret. <laughs> we're
1: like, you had one job, Carl. One, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine. He like <laughs> caved Carl. under Steph's like sweet little eyes and was like,
2: what? <laughs> to be fair, Steph was gonna be out of town, which would have been very problematic to be here. And like, well, then she, she kept
3: pretending she didn't know, and I'm like. You can't pretend be surprised. Like, that's the magic of surprising you is you actually have to be surprised. (laughs)
0: Well, I was so... I had so many things going on, like, leading up to this that I really sort of was able to, like, set it aside in my brain. And then, like, when you guys showed up, I was like, this is the best! I was finally able to, like, get to that point where I was able to, like, fully realize you guys were here. And for the longest time, he didn't tell me that's why you guys were coming. I thought you guys were like, we haven't seen each other in a long time. Enough of this. We're just coming. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize that that was why. And truly, like, I... Heather, you say that you don't want it to feel as heroic as it sounds, but like it feels as heroic as it sounds. And like I'm gonna try not to cry, but but truly, it's like the kindest, the kindest thing anyone's done for me. I just it having having people show up for me. To, to say, Hey, like I see that you're hurting and we're here, like physically here, mm-hmm. um, just means the world to me. And so that's why we're together, which best friends ever, <laughs> but I want to back up and talk about how we got here because there were some really specific moments and decisions that led to this. So to start out with, and so maybe let's, we won't ruin the ending yet. Cause we'll get there. <laughs> maybe not the ending, but the turning point. Right. Um, so Emily, to start off with you and I were talking about this, we, the way that we all met is because we all did a. 11-month mission trip called The World Race, which we've talked about on the podcast some. And we all ended up working at the organization that puts on The World Race down in Georgia for several years together. Yeah, we did the race separately, so we didn't meet till... We got to the office in Georgia. Yeah. And so we were we were working together. And I feel like someone like, Susie, can you just explain like the working conditions? That <laughs> in? Because this is how we started to get as close as we were.
1: Legitimately, like from a design perspective, I was like, this furniture doesn't fit in the space that we've crammed it into because we were in an actual closet. Yeah. I mean, it's now a freezer. And then I had a little sliding pocket door that separated my office from their office. And every now and again, I would just like slide the door open real quick and be like, guys, I need you to save me from myself. Like, no <laughs> windows, no natural light. Oh my it was, it was like <laughs> communal working at its finest. Like, talk about, like, co-working spaces. Like, mm-hmm. we created it yeah. on accident. It yeah. was
3: seven people in a space that is now a freezer. Yeah. that's how small it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: But so we were all in the marketing department. That was, that was how we were together. So we we're all on the same team, yeah. but we really did. Some of it was that we were crammed into that office. Yeah. I moved a desk in there to be in there. Like <laughs> I was like, <laughs> really Stephanie, another
3: person in this tiny office. <laughs> and
0: then you're like, all right, but. Um, but the other thing that's kind of funny about it is that y'all have known Carl longer than I have because you guys worked together before I even showed up. And so I showed up and You know, met Carl and we started dating, and we all became friends. Um, But I love that because Carl's like equally as much a part of our group, and so is is your husband Heather, um, Stephen. And but so it's really funny, like being here, and because you guys are as much buds with Carl as you are with me, and and I love that. Yeah, Um, so fun. So that's kind of where our journey started. But part of the thing about working at this missions organization is that we were with like 150 or something people that were our age that were like Christians in the same stage of life, like living within a four mile radius of each other. I mean, really, really close. But for a long time, we didn't hang out with each other. Um, Can you kind of
3: talk about that? Yeah, it's like probably maybe the loneliest season of my life in a space where you're supposed to have the most community. Mm -hmm. So for me, I felt like a super failure. Cause I was like, this is people literally move to this random town in Georgia and live like really basically, cause you're not making a lot of money doing this job just so they can have community. And I'm like, I had one job, which was to be in good community. and I have like very few actual friends. And so you feel like a huge failure. Cause you think I'm gonna have the best friends ever right now. And then I'm sitting in my apartment on a Friday night with nothing to do. And I'm like, I have to be the only one in this position because this place is all about community. And I can't, I must be the only one who's lonely. And then you feel like extra lonely because if you're just normal lonely when you don't live in a community, that's like, okay, I accept that. But this is like,
0: I'm lonely and it's like the easiest time in my life to have community and I'm still lonely, like, come on. And kind of, it was like, it's a little bit like what we feel like on Instagram when you see a whole bunch of people and it's like, oh, well, everyone has plans tonight and I'm sitting here watching Netflix. It was kind of like that. And I mean, part of it was social media, but part of it was like, yeah, we live in a town where it's like, or we live in a place where the whole thing's about community. And here I am and I have no plans.
3: Yeah, like yeah. literally call it intentional community. And I'm like, I'm intentionally doing this and I'm still
0: failing. <laughs> and so, yeah. so I feel like something that another, you know, friend of mine or friend friend of ours at the time, we I just had an idea. It was like maybe February, and it was gross outside, and we were lonely, and so just one day, like the day of, we decided to throw a nothing party. It was for no reason. We just were like, we're cold and bored and <laughs> lonely, and maybe. And I mean, we were kind of going on a hunch here. We had no idea if anyone else was, but we're like, I wonder if maybe everyone else has plans on this Friday night, but we don't, and maybe everyone would want to come over. And so I think we just told everyone to like bring whatever food you have in your pantry, which it was the biggest like hot mess of food <laughs> cluster. Ever. It was. Such a, Yeah, it was like, what even is this? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure my contribution was like bagel bites or something like that. Like I'm a real culinary master. Yeah, yeah. Um, but em, I so so we all of a sudden, like, you know, it's time time for the party and someone knocks on the door, like people start trooping in and it's like one person after another, after another. Like a lot of people. A lot of people. Our whole apartment was full and we were all hanging out. And we hung out like all night. And Em, I remember you saying, do you remember this conversation we had at the end of the party?
3: Yeah, I mean well, I don't remember what I said, but I remember when I got the, I don't know if it was a Facebook invite or what you did. I think yes. you sent out a Facebook thing. And I lived in, we lived in the same apartment complex, like two buildings away from each other. And I had like a friend crush on Stephanie, but I kept thinking like, well, Steph is like fun. She has so many friends. She's busy. Like she's doesn't need one more person being like, hang out with me, love me. So I like never initiated any kind of friendship with you. Cause I thought she seems fun, but fun people are busy and I'm not. And so, I was sitting at home doing nothing. And she literally invites me to a party about nothing. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> i are not the only one who was Like, what if people show up to this? There's other people doing nothing. So I show up like tentatively with some plate of nonsense and like, I'm like, please love me. And I like ring the doorbell and there's all these people in there. And I'm like, we all have nothing to do. We're all losers together. Like, yes. And yeah. It yeah. was like so relieving to me because I realized like all of us just want to be friends with each other. and We're all sitting in our separate apartments like too afraid to approach anybody else because we think everyone else has a cool life and it's just me that's lonely. And so, I don't know, like, flipped a switch for me, kind of. Me too. And,
0: like, that party was such a, like... I don't know. We were just kind of throwing a dart, trying to see like maybe something cool would happen. And it did because, I mean, I didn't have plans. And you and I talked, I remember distinctly as you were leaving that night, being like, hey, I live in this apartment complex too. We should hang out more. And I remember both of us saying, I just thought everyone else had plans. Like I was just sitting home on Friday night. I was sitting home on Friday night. You were sitting home. And it was like, okay. I was like like in disbelief. I'm like, Stephanie, you sit home on a Friday night. Like what? (laughs) I Totally. I was so lonely. And I feel like that was such a big lesson for me. And and I'll never forget it that no one has as many friends as you think they do. Mm -hmm. And you're like, we're all just kind of lonely together Mm -hmm. and we just need someone to reach out. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, that's like the perfect, accidentally, I'm not this smooth. That's the (laughs) perfect segue for how Susie really brought us together. Mm -hmm. Um, Susie, can you kind of tell us like how our group started? Yeah, so
1: we all kind of come from different places with the idea of small groups, right? Of like... (laughs) gathering on purpose for intentional community, particularly a group of women and saying, like, let's do the thing, like, let's dive into this. But I had heard of probably on some form of social media um, storyline, which is like, it's just that it's an intentional study that you can do with a book together. And it just walks you through questions. And I thought, I think this is what at the time, like my longing heart and, and for our job, I was... On the road a lot, and I would come back and just feel pretty disengaged from people like in our department at our office because I was I was gone and realizing like I wanted that connection, but I didn't have like the verbiage or even I didn't know the kinds of questions to ask around a table with people. So I loved that it was already spelled out for us. And I think I literally, yeah, I like sent you guys an email. I prayed about it. I was like, God, who like who are the people that you, the ladies that you want to be in this? And and he laid y'all on my heart and i think i sent you an email with like a link to the to the book to go buy it and i just said like if we're going to do this let's do it like fully and commit to it and if you can't come for whatever reason like that's okay if you can't like really invest your time like there's total grace there but but if you can let's go all in together and ask the hard questions and meet once a week and have it be like a consistent showing up regardless of what like your background with small groups or Bible studies might be, and so, and it was
3: like out of the blue, like a little you bit, it, yeah. There was no like, let's start a small group, guys. Susie, you be in charge. We just got an email one day that was like, want to be in a small group? And I was like, mm-hmm. what's this email? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Susie
2: was even in the building when we got it. I think you were on the road when you sent it. Maybe, probably, like
3: from my van, yeah. from my
1: little <laughs> vagabond spot, wherever it was.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, you guys and. Let's be honest, the three of us, Heather and Susie, or Heather and, and Emily and I, didn't want to do it. No, absolutely. Can we talk about like yeah. why? The it was honesty hard. of that. For me, it was like, I just struggle committing to things. Yeah. Like, I just feel like, I don't know what I'm going to want to do on Monday night, but maybe if I don't want to do that, then I'm going to be sad I signed up for this. It takes a lot for me to like get over myself to be like, listen, I do not have anything better to do on Monday night. This is the very best thing I could do for myself, for my faith, for my community, for everything. Stephanie, get over yourself. You need to go. So that for me, it was like as simple as just some plain laziness that I needed to get over. But I know you guys were like not thrilled about the idea. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that I come from more of a background of like the idea of gathering with the community of women has a lot of like painful ties. And it sounded... And not to be offensive to sorority, like people that love sororities, So, like, I do not, did not love sororities in college and like really had some painful experiences there. And so I was like terrified at the idea of getting together with things that were even like more of us. There were definitely more of us, like eight of us or so eight, yeah. that, that were mm-hmm. supposed to be. And I was like, oh my gosh, like there's nothing in me that wants to go and like lay my heart out before these women that I don't know and risk getting hurt. Because at that point it was, it I mean, storyline is like a 12-week commitment or something like that. So it was like three months. We're mm-hmm. gonna be in this for three months. And if it sucks, it's gonna really suck for three months. And you have to work <laughs> with these people in the same closet sized freezer size room yeah. for that for those three months. You know, like it was either gonna be really good or really bad. And I wasn't mm-hmm. sure which way it was gonna
0: go. Well, and we were friends, like we knew each other and we worked together, yeah. but we weren't like soulmate best friends. Yeah, we didn't know Um, and just a little background, storyline is a, a like workbook that Donald Miller created. We'll link to it, but it's interesting because of what happened next, because the whole thing is about kind of laying out this like just some trajectory for your life
3: mm-hmm. and for me it was a my aversion to it like I mean I'm not all about female small groups that didn't sound fun but my big aversion was the vulnerability factor I was yeah, like sure I'm not a super vulnerable person I'm pretty private and like Heather and I were talking about it. I'm like I don't want to go like say everything that I'm feeling and thinking and then yeah I have to see them at work the next day like I thought that was weird and I was like what if I'm like super vulnerable and then it's like I have a vulnerability hangover the next day and I have to like see you, but now I'm embarrassed because we talked about something really like meaningful. And so I was just like, I'm either going to sit there and like not participate Mm -hmm. or I'm going to have vulnerability regret if I actually participate. Like those are my only two choices. So I was just nervous. I feel like you and I made a blood packed death. (laughs) We were
2: like, if you go, I go. Like I will go if you go, but I'm not going by myself. Yeah, she's like, I'll
0: only go if you go. Why did you guys say yes? I said yes because I just was like, you know, this is a good thing. You don't have anything better to do on Mondays. You just, you need to like get yourself to go. Why did you guys decide to say yes? It's a good question.
3: Well, because we talked all the time about like, we have some similarities and personality. And you and I were always like, man, we're in this community and like, we have each other, but we don't really have like a group or a community. And we would like whine about it, but then we weren't <laughs> doing anything to like change it. We were just like whining to each other about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think one That's of honest. us, I love that. Like, <laughs> probably me, one of us was like, well, we could just say yes to this. Like, someone did all the work for us. She planned everything, invited us. All we have to do is show up. Like, if we don't say yes to this, we really can't have to stop whining about not having community. I think I probably said that. And then we were like, fine, we'll do it. But I
2: think Stephen, my husband, also was, was, probably in on that conversation I yeah. probably was like, you two need to get your stuff together and yeah. like, get over there because this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have heard enough. <laughs> Just go. And I was like, Steven generally has good ideas. Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we went.
0: I think that's a really good point though, because I think a lot of us, especially when it comes to community, we like we are frustrated that no one's inviting us to do stuff yeah. or that we don't have the friends we want but then like when the opportunities come we don't necessarily take them to, like we, the opportunity to be vulnerable or to connect with someone or to see women on a regular basis like we don't take the opportunity that's like the, I've for sure done that and something Carl and I ended up we we were in small groups when we first moved to Nashville and then we had kind of a long while where we were trying to figure out what church we wanted to go to and we travel a lot and so we're like never here and, and for a long time I thought you know I can't really join a small group because I'm never here. And finally, this last spring, I ended up joining two, which was maybe a little much. But it was awesome Mm -hmm. because I made probably 25 new friends this spring. And some of them were like, so good to know you. Like, maybe we won't be soulmate best friends. Some of them, like, we are and we will be and and the amount of connection i feel to nashville and to other people it 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 grew exponentially because i just decided to say yes to these things and one of the examples or one of the small groups was just a friend doing exactly what susie did to say hey i want to gather a group of women together do you want to come and i had to think about it and like said yes the other one was through our church and i think the thing is that like I think that small groups are the biggest untapped resources when it comes to friends. Yeah. Because yes, some of us are in small groups, but like, maybe we've been in a small group and we didn't like it. So we never went back or we tried one and didn't like it. So we like quit or
1: kind of like dating, right? It's like this vulnerable, like
0: speed dating sort of totally. And it's, it's really, it is really vulnerable. Yeah. But at the same time churches are are doing all this work to put these small groups together. There are a million churches all over the place. And maybe the first small group you try isn't going to be a good one, but maybe the second one's amazing. And it's like this built-in way to make friends. And I think we just, I know for me, I just for the longest time didn't take advantage of it enough. And that's like something I've really learned from. And so Suze, I want to hear from you though, when you were thinking of starting this, because you weren't, like you weren't doing it through a church or anything. Like you weren't like a designated smonger pleader. How did you come up with the courage to ask us to do this? And like, was any part of you afraid we'd say no? Like, I think our, <laughs> our worth feels like we're, it's on the line when we put ourselves out there like that.
1: Totally. I think like, because I saw a need for it in my life, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna do it. And yeah, I mean, they can say no, but I will say, I feel like I sort of took the cop out way of like sending the email. Cause it wasn't like a face to face, like reject me to my face. You know, it was a little bit safer of like, uh, they could just do that. Like automated reply. That's like, thank you. I will think about it or whatever. Like the Google <laughs> response is that it gives you. Right. Um, the suggested answer, but I think, I don't know. I think I just, it's very rare that I feel like a prompting from the Lord and I actually like act on it. Like you guys know, I like drag my feet forever with like (laughs) dreams and decisions and things. And we have to like, like poke Susie a little bit to get her to actually move on things. But this was something that like, it was like on a soul level that God was like, you didn't move across the country for nothing. Like you didn't move all the way to Georgia just to like sit by yourself in your little van and like hope that you have relationships. Like at some point you have to like choose to buy in and just be the one to ask the hard question and maybe get rejected. Yeah. But I don't know. I just felt like a kind of like a covering because I felt like I gave myself permission and the Lord was like, yep, like we got this. We're in this together. It's not just you, but like I'm fighting for your relationships too with you. Like mm-hmm. the Lord will fight for us when we let him. And so even when we don't, let's be real. But um yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I just think like... Yeah, it was just this innate, like, you have to do this. And if you don't, then you'll always regret it kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think too, like, we all we all are looking for someone. We're all looking for a Susie. We're looking for mm-hmm. someone else that's not us to make the invitation. And I think that, like, a lot of us are feeling hurt because we're not invited to things or because someone's not making the invitation. But I think that, like it's kind of like the bystander effect, you know, like there's, there are like psychologists have shown that the more people that are around when a crime is happening, the less people are going to mm-hmm. step in because they all think someone else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like when we do that with friendship, we, or when we, we do this in friendship too, it's like, well, someone else should be offering, like issuing we sabotage. sabotage. Yeah, Yeah. And like, and it's like, well, no one is because everyone thinks everyone else should. And really, I think all of us just need to decide we all together are going to be the instigator. We're going to be the one to just send the email to like gather, like we bought a zoo, says, like 20 seconds of insane courage, send the email. If they say no, the worst they say is no. And like, I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah.
2: I think too, though, there's some fear around the idea of like who is asking us to do things because... Like, to be perfectly honest, the women that are in this room right now, like, I wouldn't have thought when we met that we would be friends. Right. I wouldn't have, like, been like, oh, Stephanie's gonna be my best friend. She's yeah. gonna be my mm-hmm. best friend. And like, yeah, I wouldn't have picked you out of a lineup. You no. Know what I yeah, mean? it's totally unexpected. It totally is. But those are the people that, like, like I didn't know but God knew. And I think we have to be mm-hmm. more open to the random person asking us to do something because you don't know if that's your person or not. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why we said yes to Because I, I thought, like, well, at the very least, like, I'm never gonna initiate this, but like this is the easiest it's ever gonna be. Someone else has already done it for me. Like if I can't say yes, it's like it's like people that don't vote and then complain about who's president. I'm like, if you didn't vote, stop whining. Like at least go vote and then you can whine if you lose. But this was like, I did if I don't show up, I can't complain about having no friends. Like you know, yeah. You didn't do the bare minimum. Yeah, so. yeah. The bar super low. Susie's like somebody really needs low. to be Susie, <laughs> but everyone else just needs to like say yes. You yeah. Know? yeah. Also, yeah.
1: Susie just loves like food and a reason to gather. So there was that like <laughs> you know element of like let's just like everybody bring treats. Like maybe a step up from the nothing party where you like clean out your freezer, but like maybe like have some intentionality behind the food. Fair- I don't know. <laughs>
0: there was that. I I love that. Well, so we started meeting, and uh-huh. I feel like Susie, you really asked us at the beginning. Like I do remember you saying. If you don't want to be like, if you are already overcommitted, you can totally say no to being here. But if you, but if you want this, like we're asking you to to commit, and I think that that's a hard thing to ask. And sometimes you get no's because some people, like in some seasons, you are overcommitted. You know, it's like can't right now, not the right season. So I think we have to be brave to say that. Yeah. But. I, the groups in my life that have been the absolute best are the ones where someone asked for a commitment, yeah. and where people said either like I'm in or I'm out. And yeah. I think a lot of times we can be really wishy washy, like well, I'll come sometimes, but then it's like, well, I don't feel like it, so I'm not going. You know, it's like if we either have it's kind of in or out. Some um, things at stake there. Yeah. yeah, like we had to buy a book and there
3: was homework, and yeah. I was like. I actually have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, and it wasn't just like
1: a book that you read and you come talk about, but it was a book that involved a lot of like introspection, mm-hmm. like you were saying, and like helped you to set the tone and the trajectory for like what you wanted out of your story and like how God was helping you write that. So we had to ask ourselves really, ourselves really hard questions and then also bring those questions to the table and ask each other. And so I was like, I knew that it had to be the right group of people in order to like foster that kind of environment.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's maybe if... I don't want to say the wrong people, but the people that weren't meant to be there for whatever reason, that those would kind of be weeded out just naturally, like mm-hmm. in an organic way. People did say no. Yeah. Like people, yeah. People did say no. And that was healthy. And I was grateful that they did instead of trying to force it.
0: Right. right for sure. Well, so I don't remember how many weeks after. Maybe two? Maybe. Two weeks. It's, it might be two. It was like a hot second. Okay. Maybe two weeks after... It was March. We'd all been working together for a long time, and on a random Thursday morning, one by one, our whole marketing department got called into the office and laid off from our jobs. And Carl and I, my wedding was three months away, and I lost my job. And I remember asking, "Is like, is Carl laid off too?" And they kind of paused because they didn't want to like like it wasn't my job to tell him that news or something. He he wasn't there yet, but they told me like, yeah, he was. And and so like we, I mean, we all. Yeah. lost our jobs in the very same day and totally didn't see it coming. And Susie, you had no idea that that was going to happen. But again, like God did, you mm-hmm. know, God knew that we would need extra support. And so I feel like Heather, can you, can you expl- like, tell us a little bit more about the day and then how, mm-hmm. what we did next, because I feel like what we did next, that's the tone for why we're here today.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... It was hard. I mean, like stuff that like we got called into a random room and our boss like sat us down and basically said that, um, the organization, um, had mismanaged some funds and didn't have enough money to pay the people that were working there. And it was really uh, disappointing and angering and broke a lot of trust, I think. Um, but I think like coming back, walking out of that room, um, my first thought was like, let's go find our people. And we found each other in a courtyard and we, like cried together and hugged each other and... My husband had been laid off as well, and so we told him and told Carl, and, and our first thought was, well, grab a box, pack your desk, let's go get food. And so we ended up at this, like, this is not a joke. The Mexican restaurant we went to is literally attached to a gas
1: station. <laughs> like, where all the best food comes from. It
2: doesn't
0: you can turn down. me off the Mexican food forever. <laughs>
2: point point so being, like, we would have like this really terrible Mexican food experience and, and sat around the table and, like... I collectively like grieved and were angry and shocked and all the feelings that you are supposed to feel when you corporately get laid off from a job that you love and, and don't know what's coming next. So I think that was really healthy. Um,
0: I think that day, like I remember driving home and I remember like, so we went to Mexican food and it was like, everything was a little bit okay when we were all around this table yeah. and we were around a huge table. just like, you know, 1130 in the morning or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we're all, we're all sitting around and I remember it feeling kind of okay when we were all together, mm-hmm. but then I had to drive home and... And I went home by myself and I'm sitting in my apartment at two o'clock on a Thursday thinking I'm not supposed to be home at two o'clock on a Thursday. And like, Mm -hmm. it all kind of settled in, in that moment when I was finally by myself. And I remember like, I don't remember, I think it was like that night or the next night, we ended up throwing another party and gathering all together. And I think we had maybe like 13 of us around my dining room table Mm -hmm. and just all kind of crammed together. And really, I feel like that was how we handled that whole season because we all had a couple months well, we're like where our leases hadn't run out yet. We were kind of waiting for the next thing. So we're all living in this small town that we only lived in because of this job.
2: And okay, Steph was planning a wedding. I was
0: planning a, a wedding. <laughs> oh my gosh. You were newlywed. Um, I was newlywed. <laughs> yeah, Heather was a newlywed. <laughs> <Brandon> <laughs> and I were planning a wedding. Susie was like helping us address wedding invitations <laughs> as Carl was like applying for jobs and looking for what country we're going to live in. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we ended up getting married in the planet even though like we didn't live there anymore. Anyway, it was a whole, whole oh, hot, exactly. a hot mess. But really like, I mean, that was a heartbreaking season for all of us. We yeah. grieved. We were really mad. We were really hurt. We, I mean, because we have lost not only jobs, but like jobs we loved, working with people we loved for like a mission we believed in, and, you know, and... Um, we lost our church. We lost our church. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like our a full friends, spectrum everything. of
1: emotion. Yeah. And our, I think our mentors, I was even afraid to like, like be around the table that second night that yeah. we got together and like laugh and like have even some joy with y'all because I was like, who knows how short-lived this is going to be? Like, we felt like the, on the cusp of like change and like, well, there's a chance we're all going to move away now because we have to. Yeah. But then
3: also like, like Stephanie said, you know, we, it was kind of fine when we're all, you know, having Mexican food together. But then I drove home alone And I'm not even, like, a big crier. And I literally, like, cried myself to sleep on the couch, took a nap. Then my roommates got home, who I loved, but they both still worked there. And it was like, well, do you want to talk about it? And I'm like, in my head, I thought, like, yes, but not with you. And not because I don't love you, but it's because I need to talk about this with someone who's going through it. And I literally drove over to Stephanie's apartment and, like, just sat in her living room with her and her roommate, who was also part of the whole thing. And we were just like, well... This sucks, but we're together. And I remember thinking, like, I can't wait for small group on Thursday. Yes. And it's like it sw- It flipped a switch from like I'm doing this out of obligation to I'm doing this out of like desperation. Yeah. Like suddenly I was, wow. like, it was like a lifeline. And I mm-hmm. thought, like, man, fist bump to Susie for like <laughs> seeing God. this coming. Yeah, like, to, yeah. But in my head, I was like, good job, Susie. Yeah. And God also, like, you know, now we have this resource waiting for us because it's like, God knew that we were going to need it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it was two weeks old, but suddenly I was like,
0: small group, like how soon can it get here? (laughs) Yes. And yeah. And we like, you know, we're gathering together and we're, you know, talking a lot about our future and our goals and our hopes and all these things. But like, I mean, it was, it was a safe place. It was a safe haven. And I mean Mm -hmm. that, so we spent tons of time in small group and it was like, just game-changing for us. And we spent a ton of time together. Like, I have this photo of Emily, you and I, and our friend Lacey in Target at, like, 10.30 <laughs> p.m. buying a frozen pizza and, like, something... Like, maybe, like, marshmallows or something. We're like, we're going to eat dinner. And, I mean, we just fought on the stove. Yeah, we yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't eat the best. But, like, I mean, I remember us hanging out, like, pretty constantly because when we were together, like things were better. It made sense.
3: Yeah. yeah and sense. I wasn't sitting home alone on a Tuesday at 11 a.m. because that then I was like, I don't have a job. But when I was with people, I was like,
0: I'm hanging out with people. It's fine. And it kind of like, I mean, I think that that season, that season was really, it was devastating and it totally changed the trajectory of all of our lives. Now, you know, we've had so much time to heal and grieve and like process. And also, we've gotten to see a lot of what came out of that, like job wise. And so I think we can see, like, while it was a bad thing, God is able to bring good things even out of bad things. But I think one of the best things was the like how important we realized community is and the fact that we got to form this community. And I think a lot of when we decide to, when we're going through something and we invite other people into it with us, I think that's when true friendship happens. Mm -hmm. And that's really what happened to us. Like Mm -hmm. that's what we did in in that small group. And, you know, at 10 p.m. eating frozen pizza at my apartment and Mm -hmm. talking through it for the hundredth time and I think that when we're going through something, we tend to isolate ourselves and we tend to think Mm -hmm. like, I don't want anyone to see me messy or I don't want anyone to see how I really feel about this or see that I don't have it all together. But we were all falling apart and we just decided like, this is so much better to do it together. And it was. You can take turns falling apart too. Like, for the first week, I was like,
3: guys, it's going to be fine. I was like the optimistic one. And I'm like, it's fine. It's just a job. Don't worry about it. And like, everyone was mad. And I'm like, they're there. And then a week <laughs> later, I showed up one day to your apartment. I was like, guys, I'm mad now. <laughs> and y'all were kind of like, you're like, I'm, an, I'm on an upswing. I'm feeling good. I'm like, well, I'm mad. Like, <laughs> I'm like It's okay. my turn. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm pissed. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. I think the thing that happened to us was accidental. But our response to it was completely intentional. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we handled it afterwards was, well, maybe mm-hmm. not completely intentional. But like, we kept choosing to show up. Yeah. We kept choosing mm-hmm. to see each other and like not isolating each other, ourselves from each other.
1: Yeah. Hard. And to give each other permission to like yeah. be wherever we were in the process. Because like you said, and we all arrived to the different feelings at mm-hmm. different times. Yeah. And that was kind of the beauty of it. Because when one person was like a leap ahead in the feels, <laughs> just wait like three <laughs> seconds. The rest of us are going to show up. takes me a things, but it happens yeah. eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we
2: did <laughs> that over the course of like not just three weeks after march whatever it was like the course of a, a yeah. year yeah or more that we were processing processing grieving, and that like we were in various different places and still loving each other in the middle of anger or sadness or whatever it was
0: mm-hmm. this show was sponsored by better help Use as directed. Claritin. thank you so much for sponsoring our girls night. We love having you. I think that when like truly when we're going through something is it really is intimidating to invite someone into it and tell, to talk about how you really feel because you're just afraid of being, you're afraid of being needy, you know? And I do feel that like, I don't, I, I'm, I've been in a season of like total neediness, like where my self-reliance, my ability to take care of things by myself has totally fallen apart. But I, I never would have asked you guys to come. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have asked you guys to come. I think though that like I did, I did let people into it. And I think that what happens when we do that is that one, like everyone takes a collective side of relief because yeah. we all think like, okay, if, if they're supposed to have it together, then I'm supposed to have it together. But if no one has it together, then we're together, you yes. know? Um, and I think that that's really beautiful. And, and I think that like being able to confess to each other, like I'm really going through something, I'm having a really hard time. That's a really honoring thing to have someone say to mm-hmm. you, like... Need, having someone need you is a really good feeling. Sure. And so by needing someone, we can really honor them and, and the, our relationship goes deeper because of that vulnerability. And then also what we're saying is like, because I've asked you for help, Susie, like next time you need help, I'm a safe place because I've already shown you, like I've shown you kind of my cards. I've for shown sure. you that I don't have it all together. And, and we really did that for each other. We were, we were there to listen. We were there to support. And we were also there to fall apart. And we were really honest about how we were doing. Mm-hmm. And our friendship, it like, it went like exponentially deeper by the moment. And and I think like that isn't something that just happens in the wake of a really hard season, and especially like it doesn't always happen. Like the the idea of everyone going through a really hard season collectively, that doesn't always happen. But these are things that can happen when you're going through something or when a friend is going through something, that moment of response and the time after and those moments when you sit together and ask questions and listen and, and are vulnerable, like that's when the good stuff happens that's when when real true like lifelong friendship is formed mm-hmm. so shortly after this we all moved away from each other right which it's is a hard, oh, tragic <laughs> yeah, yeah because at I'm that sad. point we
1: were like okay we are invested and now it's like well see you later hopefully like i think we had like hopes and aspirations of what it could be but there was that question in the air of like
3: But But, really, yeah,
1: like who really maintains like life just takes people apart. And that's the reality of it sometimes. Yeah. And the reality of being vulnerable is that it may not last forever. So I know I was asking myself that as I drove my car back across the country.
0: Like, did I just invest all this? Like, is it a waste now? Was it for not? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, even if we didn't stay friends this is something I've had to learn like in moving to different places. And because all of a sudden I lived in Nashville and I was like, well, I'm not investing again because I did that. Yeah, I just did that. I'm not, I don't have energy or time to do this again. Like I just can't, I can't bring myself to do it again. And it took me a long time to invest because I think I was afraid it was going to happen again where it was like, I was going to invest and then I was going to have to move somewhere else and do it again. But at, at some point I realized it's worth it anyway. Yeah. You know, it's worth it anyway because even if you aren't able to maintain long distance friendship, even just having friends for a season is really important and really in, and worthwhile, even if it's not forever. But it's been five years almost Crazy. since that happened, and we are sitting in my guest room in Nashville, Tennessee, <laughs> recording a podcast episode. I, you guys, how did we? How did we do that? I, like, I, I want to hear <sighs> lots of
2: small decisions over the course of a long period of time.
3: Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I feel like back in the day before technology like people just used to have seasonal friends and then like like my parents don't know anything about what any of their high school friends are doing today and then our generation feels all this pressure because of social media to like maintain every friendship we've ever had forever but like that's hard but at the same time like iphones are an amazing thing like i'm so glad i'm alive now and not before because we can literally just have each other in our pockets and that's what it became like we call each other our pocket people and we just decided like the four of us made a group text and over the last five years like we just talk about life like almost daily sometimes like we'll just be like this is happening or whatever or like look at these shoes should I buy them (laughs) or like you're like no you'll never wear those or you know it's like little things like that but also big things like you know, Steph's like, guys, I'm really struggling with anxiety right now. Like that's obviously like a big one and the shoes are a little one, but it's like you, you can, the big things are possible because we've built this foundation from continuing Mm -hmm. to talk to each other. And, you know, several of us travel a lot. Like I'm always gone someplace. And I love that, like, even if it's something exciting or something hard, like they're in my pocket Mm -hmm. and I tell them all the time, like, I'll be in... Turkey or something, and I'm like, I'm so glad you guys are in my pocket because, you know, say that I'm like working on a project that's just like really hard, and I feel either inadequate or I'm annoyed with everybody I'm around or whatever. <laughs> I can pull the pull out my phone, like pull out my little pocket friends, and be like, y'all, I'm pretty sure I'm screwing up this video, and I think it's gonna be terrible. And they can be like, no, it's not gonna be terrible. Like you're good at things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I can be like, okay, I can do this, and you know, they just live in my pocket, and so we all have that like. I don't know, like that added strength of knowing the people that know your backstory, that know, you know, saw you guys fall in love, know what your marriage is based on. Like we've like seen each other through these seasons. Like we see, we know how you handle like shocking things or we know how you handle conflict or whatever it is. Like each of us knows how each other handles stuff. We have that in our pocket at any time. Mm -hmm. Like that's such a resource Mm -hmm. and it's only possible because we do send each other the text about nonsense. Like, what shoes should I buy? Like, you have to keep it going about small stuff so that when you want to talk about something big, you haven't not talked to these people for six months.
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, for context, when we all split... like Tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but, like, Steph moved to Nashville. Susie moved to Kansas City. Emily moved to Atlanta. And I moved to Seoul, South Korea. Like, we were talking, like like, a 14-hour time difference. Yeah. Like, they would be getting up in the morning and I'd be going to bed at yeah. night or whatever. And,
1: and or you'd it was, be, like, hiking the Camino with your husband, like, deuces, I may or may not have service today, <laughs> but when I do, I'll check in.
2: Well, there's that, but, I mean, I think that the fact that we have, we have been intentional about... Like, when I was in Korea... Yes. We would text at the time where we were all awake. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't right. like you were having a conversation that I couldn't be part of. It was that I was using the brilliance of technology to be, like, part of your lives, even though I literally, like didn't see the majority of times that I was gone. I mean, seven, I met up in an air in the Seoul airport and just came back from Cambodia for like an hour. And it was like the sunshine of like six month period. And Emily was there for three <laughs> or four days after going to the Philippines. And, and those things were really good, but those things were really good because I had you in my pocket in the middle of like, I'm going to go teach English to this Hagwan for these like five year olds. And God help me. I'm not a clown. I don't know what I'm doing here. You know? So <laughs> Please pray for me.
0: Yeah. I think that that like everyday communication, it really is such a gift. And yeah. and it's like, friendships can't just be based on technology because I think at some point it starts to wear a little thin. Yes. Like I think that if we hadn't seen each other since, I don't think we'd still be texting five years later. Yeah, five years of just texting would be excessive. Yeah. It's like five, <laughs> yeah, five years of just texting is, is rough. And starting a friendship that way is usually pretty tough. Like you need some in-person experiences. Mm-hmm. But like you absolutely can maintain a friendship from far away and be each other's support system by com- by connecting every day and or you know a couple of times a week or something and just checking in about yes shoes and like silly things just so that you're like just it doesn't always have to be deep stuff, but then it, but then it is the thing where it's like, guys, this is what's happening. Like something's falling apart. I really need you to pray, like right now. Here's yeah. here's what I need. Yeah. But I think you know, Heather, you touched on this something that has really been like islands in the middle of this that has drawn us deeper and made it so that those text conversations like really tie it together. Mm-hmm. Um, is those in person moments, mm-hmm. um, and so I loved that moment in in um, the airport because I mean we both were like sobbing exactly. and like. <laughs> It, because you were in you were in a really hard season mm-hmm. and for sure and getting to just be in person for even i mean we sat at starbucks and we talked about things that like you shouldn't talk about in public we are like we're hoping people don't speak english around us <laughs> which was like maybe a safe bet but i'm not sure probably not it's yeah <laughs> probably <laughs> not serious, yeah it's fine we're we, either either there might be some translation issues which would be wonderful or we're never going to see these people again but we're talking about like just all kinds of things. But we just needed some best friend time in in the Starbucks and the whole airport and we got it. But I feel like we've made, we've really made an effort Um, and we're continuing to learn this because we really do have all kinds of crazy schedules and finances are a thing. And, you know, it is hard to get all together, Mm -hmm. but we've made it happen. We, we did a weekend in Florida Mm -hmm. um, at Heather's family's house. And we like Mm -hmm. used an opportunity of a place where we all had to stay. That was like mostly free. I think we paid for like housekeeping or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Or like to clean the house afterwards. We're staying at my house, which is free, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we are just doing what we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's those moments in person mm-hmm. that we've really fought for that have made the text conversations like able able to sustain us in between. Yeah. You absolutely. know, yep. yeah. Heather, I love what you said about about being the people who go because I feel like that's really the people who show up for each other. Cause I think that's been the thing is mm-hmm. is us showing up for each other, deciding over and over again that we're gonna show up for each other.
3: Mm-hmm. Um And
0: I love
3: that. Yeah, like, I think the whole, any friendship, but this whole friendship was based on, like, vulnerability first. Like, Mm -hmm. every good friendship I've ever had has been because somebody, never me, took a risk. In this (laughs) case, Susie. Like, Susie took a risk, like, invited us all to do this. Then we all had to be vulnerable and say yes and then show up and, like, talk about things, like, our feelings and Mm -hmm. stuff, which for me is hard. And, like, sit there in this group and do that. But then we had that foundation. Then we went through something hard together. And now it's, like it's like maintenance. It's like a workout program. Like you go really hard for a while and now like we have that friendship maintenance and we have that basis and we can just like, we can be talking about nothing in the text thread and then three of us are going on about like a meme we saw that was funny. And then the fourth person pops in and they're like, guys, stop everything. I have a serious thing going on. And we can just divert and be like, put the meme away. Like, let's talk about anxiety right now or whatever, you know? (laughs) So, you know, you have that baseline with each other. But yeah, I think that for any especially group of friends, like somebody has to take the risk. There has to be one person that's like, all right, I'm going to form this group. And like, you're free to say no, but I'm going to extend the invitation and, you know, I'm going to buy this book or do this thing or whatever, like ask Mm -hmm. you for this commitment. Mm -hmm. And then when you say yes to it, like it doesn't always work. Like sometimes, you know, you
0: go on a bad date, but
3: it's like, (laughs) yeah, sometimes it really works and it becomes like this lifeline for you.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, um, moving to Nashville was was really hard for me because um, I think, and, and I didn't think about this until right now, but I think that in some ways it was harder because I just come from such true community with you guys. And then Carl and I landed in Nashville. We had just gotten married like four seconds before and he had a couple high school friends here. I didn't know anybody. Mm. And I remember looking around being like, how am I going to find my people here? I have no idea. And it just, the thought of it was so daunting. I was so lonely, which like, you know, every once in a while someone will say, like, like, you know, I I'm so excited to have a husband because you're never lonely after that. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Husbands fit the husband category, but yeah. they do not cover the best friend thing. Like, even I mean, Carl's Carl's my best friend and I know Steven's your best friend, yeah. but like Steven doesn't replace Emily. No. Like Carl can never replace Susie. Like it's it's a different, it's a different category. And so I was so lonely. And so I mean, I had to go through this whole process of like figuring out how to make friends as an adult, which is really hard. And yeah. um But once I'd like met a couple people, my next question was like, how do I go deep here? How do we, how do we go from being acquaintances to being each other's people? And I remembered Susie inviting us to be a part of this. I remembered that someone has to go first. And Emily, I remember sitting down and talking through this whole thing with you, but like, I, I, rem- like, I kind of feel like I reverse engineered some of my friendships and ours especially. And I was like, how did we get here? And I realized it was vulnerability. It was talking about our life. It was sharing our story. It was, if we don't have a ton of backstory together, we did just kind of naturally. But if you don't, you need to build some backstory. You need to like hear about each other's lives. And so. Act, like that's why I ended up writing my friendship small group guide was because I was like we need something where we can gather together have some intentional questions asked of us that are going to get us to those places mm-hmm. like on purpose instead of wandering around for a million years like take the direct route yeah and just start asking some of these questions that we know are going to get us opening up mm-hmm. about the things that really build a foundation and mm-hmm. and I remember you were here in Nashville and I remember sitting at a table with you I think we were like at like noodles and company probably it's my favorite but oh, um, we're too. sitting there and I'm like showing you this list I'm like Em where do we start? What do we talk about? Where do, how do we do this? And I love that because really we learned how to do it the like slow way. I feel like, you know, we, mm-hmm. but I like, it, it was so, our friendships have been so impactful for mm-hmm. me and, and have changed everything for me. And and having deep friendships has, has been like truly like one of the most impactful things in my entire life. And so I was like, I just, if, we, if there's a way of getting people here faster, mm-hmm. I want to create it. Yeah. You know, like, there's this Ben Rector
3: song that I was making Susie listen to last night. I love him, but it's called Old Friends. And the the chorus says like, you can't make old friends. Like that's the tagline. And the song, you know, gives me tons of feelings and makes me sad. But he says at one point, he says, there's no one in this time zone who knows what inline skates I own. Like there's nobody that I grew up with around me. You know, it's like, there's nobody that knows my backstory. There's no one. He said, I have new friends, but I've never been on their parents' back porch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like, so it makes me sad to think about, but it's like, I hear that song and I think like, yeah, you can't make old friends. Like that's true. But if you're going to make new ones, you have to be intentional. Like you have, somebody has to say, all right, we can't make old friends. Like the old friends I have are the only old friends I'll ever have. But if I'm going to make adult friends, then like we've to take the time to sit around a table and like actually talk about, how I grew up and like Mm -hmm. how you moved around in the military your whole life and like how you got to be the way you are. And, you know, you can't make old friends, but you can be intentional with new friends and like Mm -hmm. build a foundation, even if it's not going to be a 20 year long one. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I listened to that song and I think like brutal and true, but like also I think we can, you know, I think
1: Mm -hmm. we can do it. And to Ben's point, like we did end up around your parents' table and they loved us. Like they loved the crap out of us and they gave us permission to to, like not be okay. Yeah, We talked about this earlier, but then they also like gave us like a loving, kind, swift kick in the pants. And so it's like, we've gotten to know each other's people too, like each other's families in the grieving who have like been there. And so, yeah, it's not like the childhood on the back porch, but it's like Mm -hmm. the adulthood back at the parents' house, allowing them to, like, feed us and nourish us when we're poor. Yeah. Um, And still asking the hard questions.
2: I think it can feel a little bit, though, when you're making friends as an adult, like, a little disloyal to your yeah. old friends to try to, like... It can feel like you're replacing them. And I would just say, like, it's not a replacement. It's it's an addition to, like, what your life is. And yes. You, God's putting in your path at the moment. And, yeah. Like, I have good friends in Denver. Several really good, wonderful women friends that I see way more often than I see these women. But... And I would say that they are some of my best friends, but that's not a replacement of Mm -hmm. the, the four of us. It's not a replacement of pocket people. It's a... It's a different sector of my life that's also a blessing in a
0: different way. I'm such a believer that like I'm one of those people, and I've always been this way, which is goes back to your fun fact about me at the beginning. Em. <laughs> but like I've always been the person who has like 47 favorite songs, and they're like and, like people who are like sticklers are like you, a favorite is like you can exclusive use the word favorite, you're, like a lot. hyperbole. Is yeah. Your middle yeah. name, yeah. Is fine. Yeah. it's fine. It's like Stephanie favorite. Favorite. favorite Wilson. <laughs> like, favorite is like it implies one, and I'm like I think you're wrong. I'm a full believer that you can have so many best friends. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not something that runs out. And like, I don't think you have to identify, like it's, it's, there's, there's room. And, and I think that that's something we've had to intentionally do in our new seasons. Like we've all been in new seasons where we're like, okay, like, how do I go about making friends in Denver? How do I find friends in Nashville? How do I make new friends in Atlanta? Like it's, and it's hard. It's really hard. Um, but, and I love, I love what you said because it's like, you can't go back and make childhood friends, but like, so we're, all like 30-ish, almost 30, like a little over 30, 30, like we're around 30. 20 years from now, we will be our old friends. Like 20 years is old friends, you know? And so I think you, I think... Like, I disagree. Like, you, you can't remake your childhood friends. Like, yeah. you, you can't go all the way back to that. But like, if you start today, uh, there's this quote and I love it. And it's by Karen Lamb. And I don't know who Karen Lamb is. I need to look her up. But it says, a year from now, you will wish you had started today. And I love that. Like, it's so true. Mm-hmm. 20 years from now, you will wish you had started today because your friends that you start making today will be your old friends. Yeah. And you'll have people and they will feel like your people, but you have to do it intentionally. And you have to, yeah, sit around the table, catch up on the things you've missed, mm-hmm. like make space. For it, show up on Monday nights or Thursday nights or whatever. Get over yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, say yes when someone asks you. If no one's asking you, be the one to ask. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, to be true and honest, like
1: there are lulls for sure in our communication. Mm-hmm. Like, that's real life. Like sometimes we do go a week or two without talking, but. Like, we give each other that space in that room to, like, live our lives in our respective places, but then come back together. And so that's, like, the consistency and the steadfastness of it. It's the both-and of having, like, yeah, real lives in our own respective cities, but always still being in each other's pocket.
3: And And knowing now that there's no more doubt, like, we're good enough friends now that if we don't talk for two weeks, I'm not like, they forgot about me. Right. Like, I know I can just pop into the group text and be like, all right, status update. How are we all doing? Yeah. You know, I don't worry like, oh, we've moved on. It's over.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that just takes time and it takes consistency. It takes showing up, you know, once a week for... For a while, and, and just mm-hmm. like committing to committing to the long haul. Yeah. Uh, but I love that you said that, Sue, because I mean that's something we're learning too. Heather said this morning that her one goal for our weekend is for us to pick a weekend every year that we carve out for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've like we've had a really hard time getting something on the calendar, and finally you guys like just were like over it. We're coming. <laughs> we're deciding it's right now, yeah. um, which I love. And so there's a lot of room for that. But I think like having that consistency, and so that's kind of our next step in terms of keeping long distance friends and keeping our friendship strong is you have to have those moments in person. Like friendship does not sustain if you don't have moments in person every so often. It doesn't have to be every day, but it has to be like, you have to have those moments. You have Mm -hmm. to have those weekends or whatever. So that's kind of our next like growing like point of growth, you know, is is we need to pick a a weekend on the calendar that's our weekend and everything else needs to just move over, you know, (laughs) because that's our time. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any last kind of words of wisdom just for women who are sitting here feeling like I want more people. I want to find my pocket people. I want to like go deeper in community yeah. feeling lonely. Like just, I would love just like one little last kind of piece of wisdom from, from each or just a little piece of encouragement or a takeaway, something like that.
1: I think it would be for me just being open to like where those people might come from, because Emily, like you kind of alluded to, like, I didn't know if I could like have friends at work and, outside of work and like, let those two sectors of my life overlap. Like, is that okay? Like, can I have my cake and eat it too? So like being okay with maybe where those friends come from. Mm -hmm. And I think also, at least for me, as I've gotten older and, you know, (laughs) leaped over to the other side of my thirties, it's, it for me has become like quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like you may want more friends wherever you are right now. And I think that's, totally like normal and yeah good Mm -hmm. but I think for us like and even as I was thinking about the storyline group yeah like I maybe invited 10 people or eight people but it ended up being like five or six at the end of the day and and for that season like that's that's what it needed to be and so quality over quantity like it doesn't have to be a big number Mm -hmm. but whatever the number is for you like it will be sustainable if you lay that foundation and yeah, just give it the room and the and the love that it needs. Um, without spreading yourself too thin. So yeah, there's grace there for it to to look however it needs to look or for there to be the the right number of people. And it might be just one person. Like maybe you just need like one solid person in the city that you're in right now, um, that you can call up. Or maybe you're a mom. Like we were talking earlier about your sister-in-law and and how she has another mom friend and they've just decided to like babysit each other's kids and, like, work part-time and they're they're each other's person. and yeah, all like, ha- take
3: turns watching each other's babies yeah. so they can substitute teach and, like, yeah. they're being that lifeline for each other right now because that's all they have. They just moved there. Yeah. yeah. And, like, so it's okay if it's just one at first. Like, it doesn't
1: have to be four or five or eight, you know? But, yeah, whatever it looks like, just giving yourself permission for that and being open to what God has. I think so often when we talk to Him, we're, like, dictating what it should look like to God and He's like, but I might have other plans. Right. And and to to remind yourself that you you hear from him and yeah. you know the voice of god so just wait on it. Yeah.
2: I couldn't say it better. I mean, I think like my two little snippets of encouragement I guess would be like one to echo says like be super open and seeking um, the people that God's putting in front of you because I think they'll probably look different than you thought. And I would go as far as to say like like I think some of us get And I'm definitely guilty of this, but like get trapped in the, like, you look like me, you talk like me, you come from my background, like whatever. Be open to someone who is international, who is a different race, who is a different religion, who is a different sexuality, who is whatever. Like that could be the person that God is putting in your way. Um, And and I think like those are precious friendships, even if they only last for a season. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say too, like Emily alluded to this a little while ago, but my family was military growing up. And so we moved... I mean, constantly, I do not have the the childhood old friends that Emily was talking about. Like, I don't have a single person that has known me for 20 years, except my family. Um, so the women in this room are my old friends, but I didn't know that going into it. Like, I think that if you're someone who who, like me, like, doesn't have history with people, it can be really scary as a 20-something, 30-something to, to say, like, this is who I am, this is where I come from for the first time. But just to be just be encouraged that it's so worth it to explain yourself, even when it's painful to explain where you're, where you're coming from. Because I'm sitting in a room with women that, like, I don't have to explain myself to anymore because they already, like, they didn't grow up with me, but they know me and they know where I came from and that's precious.
3: Yeah, I think... For me, it would be two things. Like, one is like, sometimes first impressions are not always correct. Like, yes. we were joking earlier, but I told them almost all of my best friends are people I didn't initially think I was going to like. Like, For my sure. best friend from the world race, who, if you're listening, Joy, I love you. But, like, <laughs> we know that at like training camp, that was the person I was like, eh, not probably not going to be friends with her after training camp. Cause, like, I just, we just didn't vibe, like, it, whatever. And she's like one of my best friends in the whole world now. But it's cause we, like, figured out, Oh, we don't vibe because in some ways we're actually really similar or whatever. Like, there's some reason why, you know, I had a weird impression of her. And so sometimes, you know, your first impression isn't always correct and you might think that person's amazing. And the second thing is like back to that nothing party, like, don't think you're the only one sitting at home or that you're the only one that doesn't have enough to do and that everybody else is so cool that like, their schedules are packed and you're the only loser. Like, Stop <laughs> assuming. Yeah, yeah like I always do that. I always yeah. have. That. that person's too busy for me. Like they don't need one more friend. And the truth is like, I've never had a friend be like, you know, I'm tapped out. Like I have too many friends, no room for you. And it probably happens. But I think the truth is like most people, especially in this season of life, like in your mid twenties to mid thirties, you're not in school anymore. Like you don't have the built-in friends of like your childhood or your college or whatever. Like it's this wandering season of trying to put down roots someplace. Mm-hmm. So I think most people are like a little lonely if they're being honest in this season, which is why people do things like listen to podcasts about friendship. Like <laughs> there's a reason that you tuned in basically. <laughs> and I think that we're all searching in a little bit for like who our people are going to be. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just don't think that you're like the only one in that situation because I always feel like the only failure at having friends. And then it turns out all my best friends are only my friends because we met because all of us were lonely and we all went like, oh my gosh, I am too. Like (laughs) we can do this together. So yeah, that's my little encouragement. Just somebody take the risk and reach out and then you'll find out there's tons of you that are just like you. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think we have to act Mm-hmm. you know we have to we have to do something different if we're we have to put ourselves in positions where we're meeting people we have to say yes we have to make the invitation we have to join the thing we have to show up and i think that you know, the first time is really scary and it's scary for everybody. And like, I like group of groups of girls, but it's scary for me too. Like I'm scared every time and I dread it and I don't want to go. And like, but if you stick it out, if you go again, the second time won't be easier. If you go again, the third time will be easier. The second coffee date, easier. Third coffee date, easier. It's just like dating and the fact that like the first time you meet the person you end up marrying, like first time I met Carl, I couldn't even remember his name. Like that's how it is with the best friends. But then but then you like, you know, keep putting in time, you keep spending time together. You go to coffee again and again. And then you can't imagine life without these people. But it takes action and it takes intentionality and it and it's it's like not hard in just that it's like ask, ask ask someone to coffee. It's not rocket science, but it's also really hard because it takes a lot of vulnerability. But vulnerability is the key. And um, when we take that brave step of telling the truth about our lives, opening up, yeah. sharing who we are, sharing our backstory, and inviting someone to coffee or to join a small group with us, mm-hmm. it changes everything. Absolutely, mm-hmm. it does. Guys, thank you for doing this. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming. <laughs> i I'm gonna cry about it if I talk about it anymore. Um, but truly, it means the world to me that you guys showed up for me and and that you guys have shown up for me for the last five years. And we you know, we are old friends at this point, but at one point we weren't old friends, and we started from scratch. and I just my prayer is that all of the women listening will will take the first step today to start making some friends that will end up being their old friends, too. Mm. Um, so. Guys, love you. Let's go eat some food. Yeah, always. (laughs) See you, friends. Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's featured episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and take just a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you so much to all of you who've left those beautiful five-star reviews already. It means the world to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today. But we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls Night. I'll see you then.